This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I am delighted and honored to be with Pastor Bunton, Pastor Paul Bunton. That's the only time I'm going to call you Paul. It's going to be Pastor the rest of the way. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. Doing great. Good. I'm so glad. I feel like I'm with a legend here. He's just retired from being pastor at Abundant Life Christian Church in San Marcos. Uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. We're going to yeah. talk about how he's a miracle. We're going to talk about him and his experience in Vietnam and how God brought forth a miracle. I haven't heard the details on this, so I can't wait to hear about that. We're going to talk, if we got any basketball fans out there, we're going to talk about Rucker Park. Now, you have to be a true basketball fan to yeah. know about Rucker Park. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, it's the most famous basketball playground or basketball court, outdoor court in the world. And legends have come from there. You played there. We're going to yeah. talk about that. And then we're going to talk about you helping and influencing some people. If you're a basketball fan, I'm just going to throw out a few names that uh, that pastor over here has had an influence on. Rod Strickland. You remember Rod Strickland? Come on. Come on, Spurs fans. You remember Rod Strickland. <laughs> and uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. I was just watching him last night after uh, I've adopted the Hawks, Pastor, because I like Trey Young yeah. a lot. Come on now. Come on. Oh, you're, you got to be a Nick fan. Oh, yes. You got to be a Nick guy. I'm a Nick fan. Did you watch the game last night? Yeah, I watched it. You watched it. No, sad, but <laughs> I watched it. All right. Yeah. All I'm right. a Nick fan. See there? Yeah. People who are rooters, then yeah. they are fans. Okay. Okay. I, I'm a fan. You're a fan. I yeah, mean, that, that, fan. that like kind of gets into your blood. I mean, cause you grew up there. Yeah. I'm a yeah. fan. Madison Square Garden. Madison Miss, Square Garden. Yes, the garden. Yeah. The real <laughs> garden. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I forgot when I started talking about the Hawks. I was like, oh, shoot, He's I know he's a Yankees fan. He's got to be a Knicks fan. Neo I'm not, Yankees. Yeah. All the way. All the way. All right. So we're going to talk uh, We're going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk some miracles. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk ministry. And we're going to talk about what's on pastor's heart. Man. And um, so I'm excited to see where God takes us. Now, I told you I was going to surprise you with an introduction. Now, here's here's what happened. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. Just this, read it. I'm going to. You're going to figure out where where I got it from, or can I say? I'm going to say. I don't know. Go ahead and read. You just yeah. want me to read it. Huh. All right. Well, I texted somebody last night, and I said, hey, I'm interviewing Pastor Bunton, and you're going to figure it out. And this is what she said. She. All we got is a she, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Pastor Bunton. Am I saying your last name right? Bunton, yes. Bunton. All right. Pastor Bunton, a walking miracle he is. However, human, one of the only men I've known to truly walk as close in God's footsteps as humanly possible. Come on. Is it mystery still? Oh, yeah. I'm about about to give it away. (laughs) Go ahead. Man, those are some words. Look, look, I'm going to read it again. However, human, I mean, he's human, one (laughs) of the only men I've known to truly walk as close in God's footsteps as humanly possible. Mm. And blessed am I to call him dad. Now, that's, you know who it is now? It's your your daughter-in-law. 
That's, oh, that's, okay. That okay. is Kim. Yes, okay. Look, it'd be okay. one thing for your daughter to say that. This is your daughter-in-law. In-law. Yeah. Come on. I want yes. – someday my son's going to get married and someday I hope my daughter-in-law feels that, something huh? like that. Come wow, on. That's, that's Come on. huge. That's that is huge. huge. Man, huge. what is that? Wow. How? Talk to us about – we're going to talk about all those things I said, but – Truly walk as close in God's footsteps as humanly possible. How do you do that? How have you done that, Pastor? Um, how? I mean, yeah. I, Tell me how. I I picked up – well, I, I'm just saying that I, I each day – I got this from a, a – I don't know if they were Christians at the time, but I was around a lot of musicians and um, athletes. Yeah. And there was a, an athlete – Long time ago, I don't know if you heard him. Uh, you ever seen the Black Glove Salute on the Olympics? Yes, John yeah. Carlos. Yeah. I ran track with him. What in high school? Dang. And uh, I always said felt that John was a gifted runner because yeah. that's how I was say because the guy would be busting us up on the track. <laughs> I'd be eating his dust every time, <laughs> you know. And uh, one day he told me that I was on the Pioneer Track Club, you know, where he okay ran too. So okay. And I remember him saying to me, I don't even know if he remembers it, yeah. but he said to me, because I was younger, just I remember a year younger than him. Okay. And he said, you think I'm, I'm able to run because I'm just gifted? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So come earlier to the track no. practice. Come on now. I did. He you ran did. me. I was throwing up. <laughs> I mean, and he said, that's what it is. Wow. Win each day. Whoa. Yeah. I'm writing that down. And I was on 14, 15. Yeah. But that just stuck to me. Yeah. Win each, each day. And I took that into uh, being in church or ministry. And when I say got saved, you know, the term really got saved, you know, really got involved. I want to talk in about ministry. that too. And yeah. that attitude, you know. When, cause, uh, scripture tells us that, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Right. You know, That's yesterday's right. gone. Yeah. But we have right now, yeah. today. Yeah. So uh, I made it a purpose to win today. Yeah. And, and that's basically it. Man. You know, win today. Win today. Cause I, I have that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. And so living for God, I always felt a privilege. To um, have this day. Yeah. Yeah. Really? That's good. So, because when I wake up in the morning, even as I got older, I would say this, uh, not a long prayer, sometimes it works, but most of my short prayers, it's good morning, Lord. Yeah. It is me and you, mm. and it's you and us. Come on. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, that's, that's good. That's what I would say. That's good. But I, I, so, for her to say that, come on. You never know that, and I don't know who's watching, which. Right. Uh, there's a in the Baptist covenant. Uh, growing up as a ba- I was in a Baptist. Church, okay, yeah. We had to recite the church covenant every first Sunday. Okay, and in there, there's a phrase. Yeah, to say to live circumspectly before the Lord. Yeah, you know, and and, and that's you know just scripture. That's how I really um right. I mean, feel each day like even right now. When today, live circumspectly, and you hear folks say. Play, live 
No, and imagine playing basketball. Play yeah. this game like it's your last game. Yeah, yeah. And scripture also says, everything that you find to do, do it with all your might. Yeah, that was the scripture of the day, yeah. just yesterday. Right, and all yeah. those things is combined yeah. in this. So, yeah. Uh, and th- that's my attitude. Yeah. I, I hate doing anything half. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know how to do anything half. Yeah, I know. I could tell. I could tell. In I high school, it. I wasn't an A student. I might have been B, B plus. But I can walk away from it because I know I gave it my best. Yeah, yeah. You know? Okay. And that's how I can always sleep at night. Yeah, that's good. I gave it my best. That's good. All right, you mentioned something about, you know, really getting saved. Was this before (laughs) Vietnam or was this after? What are we talking about? No, before. Before Before? Vietnam. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Before? Yeah. Well, growing up in Harlem. I grew up in Harlem, New York City. Yeah, New York City. Uh, To use fewer words because of time, if anyone has seen the movie uh, American Gangster, if you haven't, if anyone wants to know what my neighborhood was really? like, okay. watch American Gangster. Okay. That that gave a good picture of what my neighborhood was like can, that I grew up in. Can you in give Harlem. us just a little bit? I have not well, seen the movie. Well, Harlem during the day bit? in the 50s and the 60s, yeah. uh, pretty much a drug um, okay. area, okay. Uh, prostitution, yeah. gun caches. I mean, Harlem, especially on this street. I don't know if I should call out the street name, but call it out. What's I, the street name? A, I mean, I don't know if I shouldn't get in no trouble, but it's 114th Street, okay, off Eighth Avenue. Okay, it was drug infested. Okay, I mean fights. Some might call it gang bang if they want, but I can't. I can recall how many fights I've been in. Okay. I still got cuts underneath my eye. Okay, from battles and fights, street, and that was every day. Just there was something every day. going on every day. Something was happening every day. Plus, over the very, we had a lot of athletes in that neighborhood. Yeah. And very seldom I can remember ever finishing a game because somehow or another, no matter what was going on, whether it was baseball or street football or stickball, we played two sewer stickball. Oh, stickball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stickball. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter. Something was going to happen that triggered a physical fight or yeah. hard argument. Yeah. I can't remember really finishing. There was a game we called stoop ball. I don't know that the ball against the stoop ball. Oh, okay. In Harlem, yeah, stoop ball. Okay. Good. You okay. got to get real good at playing stoop ball. <laughs> but even then, yeah. it was a, a, almost like an imaginary dividing line in my block. Yeah. Up the block, down the block. That's what we say. Do you live up the block or down the block? Really? And we had clashes of up the block versus down the block, no matter what it was. Yeah. But- we fought a lot. Yeah. All right, so my thing was I was in the street and in the church because my grandmother made sure we went to church. Okay. So I was in the street and in the church. Yeah. In church. Yeah. And plus when we go to church, we are there practically the whole day. And it kind of, I even today say it sort of saved my life because yeah. in my neighborhood, in my block, something was going to happen Sunday night. Really? And, and I was in church because whenever we would come home, Oh, something already went down. No kidding. So, and I kind of missed what yeah. was going on all day to tell you about it. But 114th Street was some kind of street. Talented, but pretty volatile. Yeah. We've, oh man, even when I bump into some of the ones that I, uh, I haven't seen in a, in a while and we talk. Yeah. We all just shake our head, man. Really? That we got out. When I got drafted, I, I had two things that's happening to me. Yeah. And I did this again prior to Vietnam. Right. Focus getting um, drafted because I I got caught in the draft and 
but I was also playing ball, you know, in Rucker Park areas yeah. or something like that. And that's why I got recruited off the street. Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to play high school basketball, although I was good enough. Yeah. But during those times, there was like an unwritten rule, naturally dependent on what kind of coach you had, uh, especially in the schools that was predominantly white. Okay. They weren't going to have more black ball players. Okay. On the team than, rather than white folk. So this high school I went to was majority uh, white. Oh, okay. And wow, they, they he was only going to have a certain quota. When, uh, when was guy. this? You went to high school? Like, 60, 63, okay. 1963. Okay. Yeah. Into high school. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the school, I, like I said, I went to was majority white school. Okay. Matter of fact, integration was still kind of relatively new. Okay. During that time. Yeah. And so when I went to a pretty high profile high school, you had to take a test to get into these schools. Okay. In New York City, high schools are like rampant. The, the, the high school book is almost as big as the I mean, telephone book in, in New York City. Okay. And you choose, you have regular, what they call regular, um, regional, you know, high schools in the neighborhood high schools. Yeah. And you had the special schools. Okay. I think they call them magnet schools. Oh, right, today. right, right. Yeah. But it was yeah. special schools, you know, automotive, uh, cooking, nursing. Yeah. And they had special high schools. Okay. For that, you had to take a test to get in, though. Right. And I went to aviation high school. You did? Yeah, because I was enamored of a flight. Yeah. I still, I just like, flight yeah and plus um and this is before i learned about the tuskegee airmen yeah you see uh -huh. but anyway uh -huh. i just had found that flight was just so crazy because yeah. me and my brother used to get on that fire escape in our neighborhood yeah and take i don't know if you made paper helicopters and the way you twist the bottom and spread out the wing yeah and just drop yeah. i mean yeah yeah so i just love to fly yeah just yeah to fly. so okay. i took the test aviation yeah passed the test and went there and again, that was one of the largest, what they call minority, uh, entrance during that time, nineteen sixty-three. Yeah. Okay. So, did you get to try out for the team? Or yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Try you tried out. out. You try out, but you're not going to take more blacks and whites. Yeah. Because there was a number of guys out there I could have served up uh -huh. easily. Uh huh. But um, he had his quota made. Wow. So I didn't make it. However, when I was a senior. You know they have the they have the senior and faculty basketball games. Yeah, I mean I lit that place up. Yeah, you did. And the coach comes. Why did you try out for the team? I wanted to choke him. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I remember someone help me because I was I was yeah. going after. What are you talking about? You know, but that was. Did you was, did you get to tell him like, coach? You don't remember I tried out? Oh, it was the way I went after him. He probably wasn't listening <laughs> because. Uh, uh, one you, of my best you. friends helped. Yeah. I was really angry. Yeah. I was very angry because yeah. I had aspirations to possibly play college basketball. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I loved playing basketball. And you, you didn't. Know? Wow. And so, but either way, playing in the, um, some would call it AAU now today, but you had teams in Redwood right. and right. outside. And right. Big time. And um, I played on this team that played in some of the Rucker tournaments up there because yeah. Rucker have a one major location. But there was tournaments oh, all around the city. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But the big games was played up at 150 Street. Yeah. The, the, the Rucker Playground. Man. And some of the big games, championship games, even some of the younger ones played there. Yeah. So I had a chance to do that. Yeah. So as a senior, uh, the summer that I graduated, I was playing with a team that would play at the Rucker Park. And then they, they had this section called uh, College. Freshman, they call it. like if you were the age where you can 
play college ball. Yeah. You was on the college freshman. Okay. Grouping. Yeah. And so I was in that group because I was like 18. I graduated yeah. when I was 19 years old. So I played good. Yeah, played you good. you got recruited. Well, I did. And the guy, I mean, to college off of Off Rutgers. the playground. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty amazing. Oh, it is. And, Without, and I didn't even know that you could do that because naturally my mind yeah. and being that young, um, you played college, you know, because that was you would get looked at by the, by the pros. Right. Not that I never even made a statement that I wanted to play pro ball, okay. although I liked it. But I do want to play college basketball. Right. And uh, when, when I got approached by he was one of the um, uh, students something at uh, Maryland Eastern Shore University. It was an HBCU. Yeah. Black college. Yeah. Uh, inviting me to come in. But he played. Uh, and I was really happy. Yeah. But the same token, uh, when I was signing the letters, making out the application to go in the fall, my grandmother came in the room yeah. with tears in her eyes, and I'm thinking she's crying because I'm getting ready to leave, and I'm I'm happy, ready right. to play ball, and leave New York, leave Harlem at least, because yeah. it was one of those love-hate places. I okay. mean, Harlem, great talent. I mean, we just had much talent, okay. but it's pretty volatile right. in, in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, you could see the uh, squalid area situation, but people that knew how to make it. Because okay. naturally during society, there was segregation. There was racial issues and, right. you know, going on the time pretty yeah. in, involved. Yeah. Like that. So why was your mom crying? No, my grandma. Your grandma, sorry. Because she gave me the letter that had is a token in the letter from Uncle Sam. Oh. Which means I got drafted. Wow. You were going to go to Maryland Eastern Shore, yeah. play some college basketball, your dream. And, and I got drafted, got drafted. same time. Military. So I'm writing the letter. I'm writing wow. the uh, application, and she handed me the mail. Oh, my God. And, you know, we fill the corner of the envelope because that's where tokens in New York City. We, tokens take the bus or the train. Right. So you can't say you didn't have transportation. Oh, They get I to the draft you. board. I you know? see it. Yeah. So they eliminate that. So I reported in. And deep inside, I wanted to go to school. Yeah. Uh, but I was even more glad that I had, I was leaving. Okay. The Harlem. Okay. It really was because yeah. I don't think, you know, in my mind something might have happened because um, I guess I, I fought a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, okay. And we had a lot of young guys I knew got killed. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so. Uh, so it was safer for you to go to Vietnam. Anyway, because I, I, you know, you don't back down yeah. for right. anything. Right. So. Um, yeah. The possibilities are there. Yeah. But when I got drafted, uh, it was assured that I was leaving the neighborhood. So, right. Plus, this military felt kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. But the surprise is when I got to the draft board, there was a section of us sitting together playing cards. They told us we was in the Marine Corps. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> You're the Marine Corps. Yeah. You know, well. but you know, you think the joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, right. it's sure enough. I got yeah. put in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Because that was during the uh, height of the uh, Vietnam War. Right. So there's a lot of draftees. They call it the quota year. Okay. Plus, it wasn't until later on I recognized how unfair the draft was. Okay. But that match came after I came home. Okay. But the thing is, I got drafted. Been in court, never got my butt kicked so much. Yeah. Uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. Yeah. Part, Marines. And then, not too long after that, I got shipped to uh, yeah. Vietnam. 
Tell us about you being a miracle. I mean, what happened in Vietnam? And yeah. we, we want to hear about God's miracle. What happened? Well, now, I was saved, you know, because yeah. I was a big church goer. Matter of fact, some of them nicknamed me Church Boy. Oh, yeah. I, I love yeah. going to church. Yeah. And uh, some of the pictures and stuff you take with you, you see me in church, stuff of that nature. Yeah. Plus, I didn't do a whole lot of cussing either. Yeah. Um, But... Um, you're in the Marine Corps, you know, you got to be Marine when you're walking around, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So you felt proud about being a Marine. But anyway, so when they shipped me overseas, you know, when you grow up, you see Army movies, you know, you see military. Yep. You know. Yeah. yeah. And the times you say in your mind what you would do if certain things came yeah. up. Yeah. Maybe every kid or boys thought about that. So yeah. So it hits you. And and deep inside there was sometimes I, I never thought I would see actual battle. Yeah. Even though I was in the Marines. Right. But, you know, just that reality of fighting and shooting and carrying on, although they trained us for it. Yeah. It's like, at least I'm saying about me, I can't speak for everyone because I didn't want to go over there and shoot anyone. Yeah. You know. But um, but when I got there, and I remember the first time I um, in the middle of it. Yeah. It was like, it, it, it took, you know, it was like after the fight, at least with me. Mm-hmm. After the fighting is when I would cry because mm. things happen so fast, just mm. quick and fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're in war. Wow. You get introduced to it in a way. Yeah. You know, and you acclimate yourself in a way because, you know, that kill or be killed mentality is there. And, yeah. And you're seeing people getting killed and the war and the, the noise, the speed. Yeah. The fighting, uh, the villagers, you know, mm-hmm. it maybe take a couple of days to say, man, I'm in Vietnam, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I was in sixth grade, uh, they had this thing called a weekly reader. And I remember reading about, you know, Vietnam as a sixth grader. Wow. And not ever, you know, and now I'm here. And I'm wow. like, yeah. It's, yeah. I, and I remember there's some reality checks. I'm sitting there going, like, dang, this is crazy. Yeah. And now I'm only 18. Yeah. Turning, turning 19 yeah, years old. Yeah. So I was still young. Yeah. And uh, at least, but depending on what your age was, you, you might have been one of the older guys in, in the unit because most of the guys, some, now during that time, they were clearing out the jails also because I met a lot of guys that got the ultimatum either go back yeah. to jail or go in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So we would yoke together. Right. But uh, I was really young. Yeah, really young. And you're growing up fast. And so uh, we went on this operation. I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. Um, but I was uh, walking. I mean, I remember like it was last week. Mm. It was a, a, it's pretty hot over there and humid. But this particular day, it was nice and bright and sunny. Yeah. And huh. we got a, it was a platoon size. Water run, we go to water run, know to get the terrain, see what's around. Okay. And for whatever G2, although I don't, um, G2, that's intelligence. Okay. You know, (laughs) (laughs) whatever direction they give our commander, um, captain rather, we're going out to do this. So they got a platoon size. That's about uh, 30 guys, 28 guys size. Water run to see the terrain. And yeah. then you got your point man and your cover man. We're expendable, basically, but okay. we're out in front. Okay. You've seen it. Yeah. 
So I'm 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 the cover man for my friend who we became pretty close at that time. He was the point guard. Yeah. And while we was moving forward, maybe about fifty, sixty yards way back the unit was. Mm. Well him and I heard a click. Mm. And so we got down and then we heard the Vietnamese talking. Okay. I remember it was like I felt they could hear us coming because my heart yeah. was beating like hard. Yeah. And we looked at each other because it was like in our minds, we was hoping that they would move and just get out the way. Yeah. But we stayed there for a good 10 minutes or so. And, wow. and we looking back at the captain like, you know, like, what's up? We hold the line up and, you know, they giving us that we got to go forward and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So uh, shooting someone wasn't fun. You no. Know? No. It's a war. Right. Remember something Muhammad Ali would say. He said, I'm not going to shoot some people that haven't done anything to me, you know? Yeah, right. You think about those things, too. Sure. But that's how the battle, this battle started. Okay. And we were there a good four or five days shooting and running. And wow. Bombs and choppers and it just exploding everywhere. Yeah. I'm Steve Teal. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast. That's Pastor Paul Bunton, and we've got a lot more to talk about. So come back next Saturday for part two. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. I want to remind you what Paul writes about and why we are called Very Bold Radio and Podcast and Very Bold Ministries. Paul talks about the great hope that we have, and I hope and I pray that you feel that hope today and feel inspiration from this interview and broadcast I want to remind you what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.